As a frequent flyer, I get on and off a lot of airplanes. In fact, in the first half of the calendar year, I've already been on over 30 flight segments. So that means I've spent a lot of time in airplanes. And it also means I've had a lot of opportunities to lose things by forgetting them on board. Have you ever done that? I had a brand new snap flap Bible. You know what those are, right? They've got the little flap that pulls over the top and protects the pages and snaps closed. It was a beauty. I found a gorgeous, out-of-print, dusty rose color with scroll work on the binding, and it was my new favorite Bible for travel. So you can imagine how disappointed I was when I got to the hotel for the conference and realized that I had left the Bible on the plane. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. I often study and write in flight, so my new little Bible was getting broken in for traveling. I had it out, and I was studying from it and making some notes into my computer, and then the Bible slipped beside the armrest on my chair when it was time to pack up. It dropped down to the floor, and I didn't even see it. So then when it was time to leave the aircraft, my Bible was actually under the chair. Now, fortunately, I mark my travel Bibles with a return address and a promise to repay postage. I know me, and I've lost things before. Sure enough, having my contact information inside the Bible paid off. A couple of months after that trip, I received a padded envelope from a man named Jeff. He was the lead aircraft maintenance technician on my flight, and he returned my Bible with a handwritten note, and he called it a very special book. I thought that was sweet. Then he closed his note by thanking me for flying on the airline. I had a tract in the back of that Bible, and that tract was gone. I was really happy about that. But I wrote back to Jeff and reimbursed him for the postage of sending the Bible to me, and then I included another tract with an invitation to come and visit our church if he was ever in the area. My job was to share. The outcome is always up to God. How can we share our faith in a world that's so antagonistic to anything related to Christianity? Well, in a word, thoughtfully. This episode will give you reminders and ideas. And if you're a note taker, there's going to be four points here. Number one, humbly remember who we are in Christ. If we're going to share our faith thoughtfully, we need to remember who we are. In Luke 5, 31 through 32, Jesus was speaking and he said, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We are all sinners, not were. We are all sinners. That means we're all sick people in some form. And it's really important that we remember where we came from so that it'll keep us humble. Sinners all need repentance. That makes us all equally poor. We're no better than any other needy sinner. So when you're sharing the gospel, always remember that the person you're witnessing to could have easily been you. It is true that it's only the grace of God that got us where we are today. Number two, in sharing our faith thoughtfully, have compassion on the lost. Matthew 9.36 says that 
when he saw the multitudes, and this is Jesus that saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. What does that sound like? Doesn't that sound like our world today? Scattered abroad, sheep having no shepherd, young people who have grown up with absolutely zero knowledge of the Bible, and even young people that grew up with the Bible in their home, many of them are still biblically illiterate. It should move us to the core of our being with compassion to see so many people floundering without the Lord. So instead of becoming angry over the wacky laws that are being passed and the different things that are happening in our culture, why not aim to lead another neighbor to Christ? Be careful not to allow the world to make you cold towards those whose deepest need is to come to know Christ as Savior. Ask the Lord to help you to see people as he sees them, and he sees them as fainting and needing a shepherd. A third way in our list of ideas that we can be more thoughtful about sharing the gospel is to be a checked-in laborer. Now, Matthew 9, 37 through 38 says this, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, before I get into this point, let me just be really transparent and say, I am not Mrs. Soul Winning of 2021 or any year for that matter. I have sadly missed more opportunities than I've caught, and that's just being truthful. But the older I get and the longer I walk with the Lord, the more He makes me care. You know, that's the way that God works. We are not wired to care about other people, we just are not. Compassion is not woven into the DNA of a carnal person, but it becomes a part of the life of a person the longer they walk with Christ. You just can't help it. He compels you to care. He's the one who says to us, hey, you're my laborers. I want you to pray to me, and then I want you to go out there, and I want you to be on the lookout. That's what I mean when I say be a checked-in laborer. So let's say you've got a trip coming up and you're going to be staying in a hotel. You already know this, but remind yourself to bring some extra tracks. There was a maid that was saved as a result of tracks being left in the hotel room daily when I was staying at a hotel in California for a conference. And what's interesting is she came to church on Sunday night because she couldn't come during the day because she was cleaning the hotel. But she trusted Christ as her Savior, and then she introduced me to her friend the next day who also trusted Christ. Now here's the fun part. Years later, as in very recently, she got in touch with me to let me know that she's still walking with the Lord. It was so exciting to hear from her. You never know what's going to happen when you leave a track with a tip inside. You just never know. So just do it and be generous. And by the way, a generous tip should be able to buy a person a meal. So if you're ever wondering, well, how much should I leave? Well, if it won't buy them even lunch at Subway, the tip is too small. And then there's your favorite stores. If you're a regular in certain stores, people get to know you, don't they? They recognize you. They greet you. They're super friendly to you. Well, it's so natural for you to just say to them, hey, I want to invite you to our church. We're having this and that going on. We're having a 4th of July picnic. We're having a Christmas program. You know, they like you already. (laughs) It's not weird to them. 
but you want to be really checked in, paying attention. And be equally as attentive if you see someone who looks like they're having a hard day. That may also be a signal for you to step in and be an encourager. People remember people who care. Then there's your bus ministry. If your church has a bus ministry, you are blessed. Bus ministries have been the source and the resource for so many souls coming to Christ. And I mean years and years of testimonies of people who have been saved through the bus ministry who are in our lives today, in our churches today, impacting our society for good, all because a bus would stop by on Sunday and pick them up. If you still have a bus ministry in your church, ask your bus captains for some of the names and addresses of the single moms. And then go visit them. Take a friend with you and go and visit them and bring some things. Bring a little bag of groceries that has cereal and fruit snacks and other non-perishable foods. And when you drop that off, offer to do a mini Bible study. When you say mini, keep it mini. That means you don't come in and overstay your welcome. But you just never know what could happen as a result of that. And it is a great way, again, to show that you're not only sharing something for their spiritual life, but you care about their physical needs as well. And finally, under being a checked-in laborer, when someone touches your life in any way, be prepared to share the gospel. I was in an airport, and I've shared this story before. You may have heard me share this story at a conference, but I was in an airport coming back from an international conference because I teach in English and in Spanish, And uh, there was a young lady in the airport who was doing my nails at a salon. There was that long of a wait in the airport. But I had a lot of time on my hands, so I went into a nail salon, and a wonderful young lady named Magali did my nails. Now, as she was holding my hands so carefully and buffing and polishing and making the nails look so pretty, how could I not give the gospel to her? She was touching my hands. I just felt like I I needed to give her something for what she was doing for me. It just seems like we shouldn't have people touch our lives and we not turn around and touch theirs. So the whole point here is be alert for soul-winning opportunities. If you're not looking, the chances are you won't notice. And finally, number four, remember that soul-winning, which is sharing your faith, is wise. Proverbs 11.30 tells us this, but it's a great thing to remind ourselves. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Get really active and intentional about this. Make a list of people that you want to share the gospel with, and then start working on that list one soul at a time. And start simply. Start with an invitation to visit your church, or maybe invite a coworker to a ladies' Bible study. Keep it simple but put forth an invitation. I know a lot of churches have different events in the summer months as well where you can invite whole families. Just extend the invitation and let the Lord take care of the rest. Also, remember not to be discouraged if people don't trust Christ as Savior the very first time they hear the gospel. Just sow the seed and let the Lord determine when there will be fruit. Some people trust Christ as Savior the first time they hear the gospel. I know that that was definitely the case with me when I was saved in a job interview. But that's not everyone's story. Some people tell the story of being invited maybe even a dozen times before they would even go to the church, let alone trust Christ as Savior. Remember that sharing your faith and sharing the gospel 
increases the number of people who will have godly homes and raise godly children. So this really matters. This allows us to impact society for the better. No matter how bad things may become, they would be a lot worse if we stopped sharing the gospel. Well, you know, I may never know what happened in the life of that maintenance man who found my Bible on that flight. I may never get to know this side of heaven if he ever found Christ. But I do know that the seeds were sown. Aren't you glad that someone told you about Christ? Jesus gave this instruction to his disciples in Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You in Christ Unconditionally. ICU is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.